Well, we are about ready to start uh, a new series, and it's called The Blessed Campaign. And uh, we have this little, nice little uh, area back here called our Faith at Home Resource Center. And one of the things we do at least once, sometimes twice a year, is in conjunction with our Faith at Home Resource Center, we do what we call a campaign. Now, campaign is where we intentionally focus on a topic and we uh, participate in this topic all together. We, we preach around it, we provide resources and things that we can learn and, and tools for help us to grow in that area. If you remember, a year ago we did a campaign around technology. And so we had all kinds of stuff related to that to help us in that. This year, uh, we're, our focus is on blessing. Now, in the back over there by this table, there's some great resources. There's a couple of books. Uh, I've got two of them here. One is called The Blessing, uh, Giving the Gift of Unconditional Love and Acceptance uh, by a couple of different people. And this is The Power to Bless, How to Speak Life and Empower the People You Love. Uh, there's a couple of these in the back for you to check out if you want to. Otherwise, you can just go to Amazon or whatever and order on your own. Um, I stole these from the back, so there. Uh, and I'm going to keep them for a few more days. Uh, so much for that. Also, you should have received a little brochure as you came in through the door that has lots of great information on simple ways to give a blessing and that kind of stuff. We will be going through some of this uh, information over the next uh, few weeks. Now, when we look in the Old Testament, uh, there's a story of a couple of twin brothers. Now, um, according to Chris Zink uh, and how men really, really function, you know that a couple of twin brothers are going to be just perfect siblings, right? Well, maybe not so. Uh, these twin brothers, we, we know their names. If you've grown up in the church, you've heard their names often, Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau are the sons of Isaac and Rebekah. Rebekah was childless, and so Isaac prayed and asked the Lord to um, give them a child. God answered the prayer, doubly so, by blessing them with these twin boys. But from the beginning, when I mean beginning, I mean very much in the beginning, while these two twin boys were in their mother's womb, they were hugging each other and speaking words of affirmation to each other. No, it says they jostled with each other in Rebecca's womb. Now, I don't know if that feels like, you know, if that feels like, after I've had too much Mexican food, or if it's a different kind of jostling. Anyways, but there was some jostling going on there, and it was happening so much that Rebecca went and inquired of the Lord, what in the world is going on inside my belly? I need some answers. And so the Lord revealed to her that you have two na nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Wow. 
That's a lot to hear about all that's going on in your womb. And so Rebecca knew, even before her boys were born, that the younger was going to serve the older. Now, birth comes, and as we read in the story, Esau is born first, and Jacob is hanging on to his heel as, you know, Esau's being born, you know, don't let your imagination go too crazy, but, you know, you just kind of wonder how in that, how in that kind of thing happens. But anyways, Jacob is hanging on, and out they come, Esau first, Jacob second. Now there's two th- important things for the firstborn in this, in the Old Testament time. First of all, the birthright, and second, a blessing. Now, those two things are two different things. The birthright was um, something that was given to the oldest son in a family unit. So the birthright is basically the oldest son would become the patriarch or the leader of the family unit once the father passed away. He would be in charge of his wives, his children, the slaves, and even be over his brothers if there was more brothers in in the family. And so the birthright was a big deal. Also, related to this birthright is that the oldest son would inherit twice of what any other son would inherit. So if there was 100 sheep, the oldest would get 66, the youngest would get 33. And the other one, they would just cut in half and eat. I'm on a roll this morning. I don't know what's going on. Um, Yeah, all of you are going, no, you're not, Brad. Stick to the story. So there was this inheritance and this birthright, and this was hugely important. But the second thing, as I mentioned, was a blessing. The blessing was a word that was spoken by the father over all of the sons. So it just wasn't the eldest Son, And so in our story of Jacob and Esau, what we know if you've been around church for a while, and if you don't remember this story, you can go to the end of Genesis, around chapter 26, 27, and you can read all about Jacob and Esau in detail. But Esau, the oldest, sold his birthright to his younger brother for a bowl of soup. Now we know that seems crazy, um, but I think all of us do some stupid things at times. But here's Esau. Esau is um, was a man. He was an outdoorsman. He was he loved to hunt. Uh, so any picture you have of an outdoorsman, that was Esau. And the ironic thing is that Jacob or Isaac loved Esau better than Jacob. Jacob was more content to hang around the camp, and Rebecca loved Jacob more than Esau, which is, you know, good parenting right there, you know, love one over the other. So much good stuff, so much good things to learn for you parents out here. Um, But Esau is out hunting, he comes back and he's starving, and Jacob has made some soup, and so he's like, come on, little bro, give me some soup, and little bro goes, okay, I'll give you some soup, but just uh, give me your birthright. What? Now, the question I have is, how does 
Jacob know to ask about the birthright? What, what would ever give him cause to even ask for that? I mean, I, and the only thing that I can maybe think of, and none of this is in the story, so this is just Brad and his imagination going wild. If Rebecca knows, because remember, God told her that the younger is going to serve the older, uh, maybe she had a little conversation with the son she loved more, Jacob, and said, someday you're going to rule over your older brother. Um, and maybe Jacob had that in the back of his mind. And he knew that the birthright was an important piece in that journey. So um, Esau, you know, in thinking, you know, like any teenage young man would think, with not all of his brain, said, sold. You can have my stupid birthright just as long as I get some soup. Later on, Jacob then steals Esau's blessing. And again, we, we know the story. Isaac's about ready to die. He's blind. And so it's time to bless his sons before he goes on. And so Isaac calls in Esau and says, hey, go get me some game. Fix it up the way you fix it up. Let's have a meal and then I'm going to bless you. Rebecca hears about this. So she gets Jacob and says, okay, it's time. Time to get the blessing. We got the birthright. Now let's go after the blessing. And so, you know, they Got a lamb, and they fixed it away to make it, you know, taste a little more gamey. Put on, you know, some wool on the hands and the face, and, you know, got that wild smell about him. And he goes in for the blessing, and he fakes Isaac out because Isaac can't see. He's going by his smell. He has his meal. He proceeds to bless uh, Jacob. Jacob gets out of there, and just as Jacob gets out, Esau comes rolling in, he fixes this game, he brings it into his dad, and said, okay, dad, here we go, let's eat, time for a blessing. And his dad goes, what? I already blessed somebody. It's done. And Genesis 27 says that Esau burst out with a loud and bitter cry, and pleaded to his father, bless me. Because it was in that moment, I think, that this young adult male mind, maybe there was a sense of clarity. Maybe there was a moment of, oh wait, something's not right here. Listen to the blessing that Jacob, the younger, received or stole from his older brother. Isaac says this to Jacob. He says, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of the field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's riches, richness and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and may those who bless you be blessed. Sounds pretty amazing, huh? Now here is the blessing that Isaac did give Esau, because he did give him a blessing, but here was the blessing. Your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above 
Remember what he said to Jacob? May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. Esau, your dwelling place will be away from earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother, but when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from your neck. Remember what Isaac said to Jacob, may nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed. May those bless you be blessed. Esau, out of anger, vowed to kill his brother Jacob when the time of mourning was done after Isaac's death. So Rebekah, wanting to protect the son she loved, sent her son off to her brother's land. You can read more of the result of the story of Jacob going off and prospering and then coming back. You can read all more about that. And we've heard that story many times. But something we don't realize is that some 1,800 years later in Jerusalem, there's a king. The king's name is Herod. This was the, during the time of the birth of Jesus and this King Herod was from Edom, and when he became king, he sold out to Rome, became, in essence, a servant of Rome, because then Rome kept him in power. And this was the King Herod who, the Magi came to him and said, where, where is the, Mag- Mag- the Messiah? Where is the King of the Jews? And Herod says, I don't know, but when you find him, tell me. And of course, the Magi didn't tell him. And King Herod proceeded to have all the young boys, babies, boys, under two years of age, killed because he was trying to get rid of the king of the Jews. This King Herod was a descendant of Esau. The power of a blessing, the power of words. Proverbs tells us that with our words we can either speak life or death. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for bless is barach. You got to make sure you on that K on the end. And it means to kneel, to praise, to adore. The picture of a blessing to bless is someone who kneels down before someone to show them favor. So if, if you kneel down before someone, you are blessing them. You are showing them favor. You are showing them value. When Isaac blesses Jacob, he shows Jacob favor. When you and I bless one another, we show each other favor. It's important for us to bless each other, to show each other favor, because when we bless, we add value to that person. 
in many cultures, when you kneel before someone, it's, it's usually someone important like a king or a queen. So when you are blessing somebody, you are choosing to treat that person as somebody incredibly valuable, incredibly important. Blessing also comes across is similar to a word that is used in the Old Testament that we translate as honor. And to bless or to honor somebody has a picture of like this scale. And the idea of blessing is of adding weight, adding value to someone. You, you, when you bless someone, you put a weight on their scale so the, the balance, the weight goes this way in favor of this to show this this has more value than this over here. It's the idea of adding coins to that scale. Back in the Old Testament's time, they had coins, um, and there was a picture on it, but the value of the coin was less about, like our coins, we have a dime, it's 10 cents. We have a quarter, it's 25 cents. It's set. No, in the Old Testament time, the value of the coin was based on the weight of the coin. So every time you put a, a coin on the scale, it gives it more weight and that value. So every time we bless somebody, we're, we're putting more value, more weight. We are, in essence, saying to that person, you are of value. We have a problem. The problem is this. The blessing has been stolen. We live in a world where we don't see it as being important to add value to others. Or maybe we don't, we don't think we have value ourselves, So we can't add value to somebody else. Because my, my skills of value are the other way. And because I don't have any value or I don't see that I have any value, I can't add to somebody's scale. As I was preparing this week and thinking of how important it is to bless each other and how the blessing has been stolen in our society, a couple of stories came to my mind. You know, I drove school bus and a little six-year-old boy having a hard time sitting down, having a hard time paying attention, having a hard time obeying. So I had to get him in that seat right here where I, I had access to him. And one day his older sister said, as I was working with her little brother, um, it's okay, my mom says he's going to go to jail someday anyways. His blessing was stolen. I also thinking of a young boy that was in my youth group many years ago. His name is Harley, the youngest of three children. His dad, a Vietnam vet. So between the impact of the war and drugs, by the time Harley was in his mother's womb, his dad left and had no, wanted nothing to do with Harley at all. Harley's blessing was stolen. 
last year. At this time, uh, we did a series called The Great Deception, and the whole idea is that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy his strategy, his lies and deception, and he has convinced us and convinced the world that we are worth nothing. If, if he can tell you that you have no value, that you have no purpose, then you and I, we won't bless anybody else. And then he has begun to win in his strategy to destroy the world and to destroy people. We have millions of people in this world who are like Esau and crying out, for someone to bless them. They're looking for somebody to tell them that they have value. They're looking for somebody to put something on their scale, to weigh the scale, to just contradict all the other crap that's been put on the other side. Somebody, please, tell me that I have some value. Will you please put some weight over here? They're crying out for it. Could it be that part of the reason we have such a huge mental health crisis in our country today is because the blessing has been stolen? Uh, Well, there's good news, people. We know that, right? The good news is that a blessing has been given. Because not only did the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy, but we know... The rest of that verse, right? Jesus came to give life and to give it abundantly. Jesus came to add weight to our scale. Life, life abundantly. To add to that scale, to, to give us weight, to give us value. After Jesus' baptism and his temptation in the desert, he come, came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit, and he went to the temple in Nazareth on the Sabbath, which was what people did, and he read from the scroll of Isaiah, and Luke records this story and shows us that he read from Isaiah 61, but here it is in Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim Good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This, this is the blessing. This, this is part of, the, part of the blessing. The Spirit of the Lord is on Jesus. He came to proclaim good news to the poor. He's, hey, poor people out there, I know your, your scale regarding possessions and, and wealth is tilted this way, but the good news, I proclaim good news to the poor. I'm putting so much weight on this side, it doesn't matter what your bank account says. doesn't matter how big your house is because you are valuable. For those of you who are prisoners, for those of you who are blind and and oppressed, and the scales are this way, and you feel like you are nothing, oh, good news, Jesus proclaimed, good news, the weight is here, you are valuable, you are my child, the weight is here, I set you free, I give you sight, 
You are no longer oppressed. We are living in the year of the Lord's favor. You are blessed. Hmm. Crazy thing is, is that some of you are out there, even as I say that, you're probably thinking, I don't deserve it. That's for somebody else. My, my scale is so far this way, I can't even see it. Here's the good news. It doesn't matter where you are right now or what you think. You don't deserve any favor or any value on your own merit. Neither do I. On my own, my scale is this way. But because I believe what the Bible tells me about me and my value, no matter how much is here, it gets weighed over here. I'm going to turn to Isaiah 61 where uh, Jesus read from, just to touch on this a, a little bit more. We have this part very similar to what is written in Luke 4. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, send me out to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those, listen to this, who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. If you are mourning, whatever it is, the blessing, crown of beauty, it's on you. Wait. Mourn. Distress. That's real. It's, it's tugging on this side. Crown of beauty on you. Wait over here. You are blessed. The oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness. A, a, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. That last sentence, that's you as a follower of Jesus. That's the blessing. You are an oak of righteousness. You are a planting of the Lord. You display the Lord's splendor. Whether you feel like it or not, that's the weight that is here. You are the oak of righteousness. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? You see... If we don't see it, if we don't believe it, then we can't be a blessing to someone else. So this Bless Back campaign begins as we learn to see who we are really, to see the blessing that God has poured on us through Jesus Christ. God has made you God knit you together in your mother's womb. He put you together. Your personality, your gifts and talents, your passion, that's all from God. It's a weight on your scale. 
I know sometimes we, we just got to, oh, I wish I wasn't this way. I wish I was like that person. That's the lies of the evil one. Because he's trying to tell you that your personality and your gifts and talents aren't important. They don't have any value. But that's, that's the lie. The truth is, God knit you together. He put you together in your mother's womb. He made you the way he made you. You have value. The scale is bent this way. Now, the way he made you, the way he put you together, go and be a blessing to somebody else. Don't try and be a blessing to somebody else like me. Be you. Be the way God made you. Because here's the thing that we need to understand. is There is a verse 4 in Isaiah 61, and it's this. They, the they being the oaks of righteousness, the oak of righteousness being you, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore places long devastated. They will renew the, renewed, uh, the ruined cities that have been de- devastated for generations. You and I, we are the ones to rebuild and restore and renew. You and I, we are to bless. We have been blessed. All, all of that in Isaiah 1, 2, and 3. That, that's been, that's Jesus' blessing on me. He's made me an oak of righteousness. Now, I go and bless others. I go and rebuild, restore, and renew. This goes along with the great command and the great commission that we are to love God, love others, as we love ourselves. We, we love God because He first loved us. We are to go and make disciples of all nations. Why? Because we are a disciple. This goes along with Paul's words in 2 Corinthians where he says, we have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's blessing is our reconciliation to God. Now, you and I are ministers of reconciliation, which means we go into the world that is destroyed, that is crying out for blessing, and we reconcile people to God through Jesus Christ. We go there, we introduce them to Jesus so that Jesus can reconcile them. We're ministers of reconciliation. You see how it goes? I am blessed to be a blessing. God has poured out His blessing on me. I'm an oak of righteousness. I'm going to rebuild, restore, and renew. I've been reconciled to God. Now, go do the ministry of reconciliation. Hmm. Some of you here today are still feeling like Esau. So today's the day. Today's the day. After the end of the service, we'll have a couple people up here praying. Terry and I will be up here to pray. And if you're feeling like an Esau today, come. We want to pray with you. We want to hear you. We want to encourage you. We want to bless you. Many of you in this room, because I know you, you get this. For the most part. (laughs) You may have your days. But you get this. You get the power of blessing and how you are blessed by God. And I just want to celebrate you. I just want to thank you for being an oak of righteousness, for displaying the Lord's splendor. Thank you. 
My, my ask is let's, let's display this out there. This world that's crying for somebody to bless them, let, let's us go. Just, just, just bless. Harley, this young man that was in my youth group, there came a part, point when he was junior high school, he needed to get out of his mom's home. It was constant battle. Constant battle. And so I prayed. Okay, God, the short story is, I was at another meeting, I saw a couple, and God told me, um, Norm and Pam, they're the ones. I went and talked to Norm and Pam, they were part of our church, I said, Harley needs a home. Their two boys were already out of the house. They took Harley in, and Norm and Pam just began to bless Harley with love. Harley's still a piece of work. He's been married a couple times, divorced a couple times. He's got a daughter. But once, probably every six months, he and I talk on the phone. He's, he's a gnarly old oak of righteousness. He's got a lot of twists and turns, but he loves Jesus. And in his own way, he displays the splendor of the Lord. And that happened just because a couple of people said yes a couple of people who are oaks of righteousness chose to bless somebody else. Over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about how do you bless your children and your family specifically. That's next week. Two weeks, how do we bless each other in the, in the church family? And then three weeks from now, how do we go and bless the world? Let's take a moment and pray, and then we'll dive into our group discussion. Thank you, Jesus, for your blessing. I pray that we would fully grasp just the weight of your blessing on our life and that we'd be a people that goes into all the world and displays your splendor to a world that is crying out for blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
All right. Um, just going to interrupt a moment. I know some of you are in, in conversation. Make sure you take some time to pray afterwards. I'm going to do the benediction. Again, one of the things I want to encourage you to do that I try to encourage you all the time is write down the names of the people that you are talking with right now. Even ask for their phone number. Pray for them this week. And then, again, send a quick text during this week. Just say, hey, prayed for you. Uh, Terry and I have done that multiple times where we prayed for somebody that was in our group in the morning and we, we send them a quick text. And then that day you get a little text going back and forth. It's encouraging to one another just to know that you are being prayed for. So I want to encourage you. There's pads of paper in our pews that you can, you can do that in. So uh, let us stand and receive the benediction. And in essence, this benediction is me speaking a blessing over you. So receive this oak of righteousness as your blessing as you go. Now I pray that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. And I pray that He would enlighten the eyes of your heart that you may know the hope that He's called you to. That you may know the glorious inheritance that you have with all the saints and that you may know His incredibly great power for us who believe. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And all God's people said, Amen. Go and be a blessing. Table.